0: Good day, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to yet another episode of Amplified and Intensified. My name is Eric Taylor, and today we are welcoming back Mr. allen from Recorded Future. How are you doing today, Alan? Not too bad, man. How are you doing today? Good, man. Good. So this everything that been going on this week, and we're there's so many people that are talking about log4j. I think that horse is being beat. That horse is being beaten to death but i think we want to talk about this new ransomware variant and really dive into this whole mess that's going on and really expand and help educate everybody so i was seeing this come up from another individual who was bringing up where this ransomware group i don't know how to pr- properly pronounce it so i'm oh. sure maybe we do know this is a real person, coming to find out. But apparently, this is a ransomware that was being deployed on vulnerable people, vulnerable systems that were impacted for Log4j systems. That was essentially putting out the user uh, this person's business's phone number and email address as part of the ransomware note. When we started seeing some of this stuff being leaked out on Twitter, it said your data has been encrypted and stolen by the Kashari family. If you want to decrypt, call this phone number and or this email address, which I was literally thinking when I first saw this, I first saw this when it hit the dark, the quote unquote dark web and the Twitter and stuff like that. I literally thought this was some sort of weird proof of concept type of ransomware. I went on my IR side. I'm downloading samples. I'm putting it into some of the things that I put this as. We use this tool sometimes when we want to do something that's public facing, where we would actually extract the file or get the hash and extract it and see that this was an actual ransomware payload. The one thing that really struck off that why I really thought this was a proof of concept was down here. Now zoom this in a little bit. It's doing a get request, which is very odd for ransomware. It was getting the encryption key from the web server it wasn't submitting hey this is a encryption key i use so that way people can recover their files it was when encryption key am i using now i will deploy my payload and encrypt it and you're i'm sure you're going to talk about this a little bit but a lot of stuff that i've been hearing in the background here recently is that there is no way to decrypt these files because this it has No decryptor information. He has nothing. And as of at least this morning, when I was going back and recapping some of this stuff, I seen that this server is no longer online. So the current payload that was out there is not available anymore to encrypt it. So if you do get this ransomware variant downloaded on your system, it's not going to do anything because it's trying to phone home. The The recipient server is not there. So there's nothing for it to encrypt on so that's what i've done at least from my forensic side of things and why i thought it was a proof of concept that i seen there was a whole massive write-up you guys have done a lot more research than i have so i definitely want to bring you guys on and say hey is what i'm thinking actually correct is are y'all getting the same sentiment or what are y'all seeing and could be able to advise us a little better
1: yeah so i think you're following uh Whatever happened, it, it was obviously um not ready for prime time, if you will, ransomware. It's not very good. It it doesn't do things like it can't encrypt files. And, and so the few places where we've seen it, it it just it, it encrypts a little bit of the things, a little bit of the files on the system, and then it just dies. It's an interesting concept in that it's a really lightweight ransomware. I think I saw it was like 12K or something small like that. I don't remember the exact number, but super small, lightweight ransomware is really interesting because we don't see a lot of that anymore. More and more ransomware's turned into bloatware, if you will. And some interesting kind of concepts in there, but yeah, you're absolutely right. Obviously the email address and phone number in there is completely fake. Um, well, not fake, they're real, but not not people who can actually give you a key. But even if you had a key, I don't know that there's any way. So even if you found somebody to pay a ransom, and, and I think it's Shiva, actually, if you send Shiva, a note, he'll give you a key. I'm not sure that you'll be able to actually
0: unencrypt the, un-encrypt the files. For those who are listening on the audio version of this, Shiva just held up his keys chain, so um, he's showing us keys. But yeah. I didn't think about it at first. Maybe there, I'll have to go back into my analysis. Maybe the original payload is cached on one of my servers for when I was doing the analysis. So maybe Emisoft or something can build out maybe a decryptor for these, something like this. I don't know. It it
1: wouldn't surprise me if they were able to. I haven't done the in-depth analysis that our researchers have that I've just read their reports. But I'm guessing with how hastily this feels put together, there's probably a way to build out or or, or get a decryptor for it. I think what scares me is exactly what you said—that get requests to pull the key down. If they've implemented encryption correctly, it may be really difficult to do that. Now, with that server being offline, maybe that's DOJ or somebody acting quickly, and those keys will be readily available for people and with those keys you'd be able to build the decryptors we just there's a whole lot we don't know it's one of these things where it's been such a disaster of a week you know like merry freaking christmas to everybody that there's so many different strings going on right now it's hard to keep track of everything that's happening
0: yeah so do you think this is you know this is a true proof of concept and they were so i guess let me take a step back your team has done some forensics has this been really tied to vulnerable servers of log j4 yeah
1: and that's really the only place that we've seen it so which again is interesting that the 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 only place that we've seen it is exploiting those servers we haven't seen phishing delivery we haven't seen any other kind of Initial access broker or, 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 or any other kind of routines like that. No discussion on any of the underground forums before the attacks. There's been some discussions after. So really the only time we have is to this particular vulnerability,
0: which is really odd. Do you think this is a, again, a proof of concept to other wannabe or potential ransomware groups say, Hey, we did it. Y'all step up and let's start doing it. We're gonna start seeing a whole bunch of crap coming up in the next couple of weeks. Or what's what is your thoughts and maybe some of the thoughts of recorded future? Uh,
1: so we I don't know. I don't know that we can draw any conclusions on the limited data set that we have. The other thing is that while this has been deployed in the wild, I mean obviously you've seen samples, I don't think it's been all that widely the f- and and so it's really hard. We're not seeing any consistency across targets or anything like that, other than log for J. So, I or log forge I don't want to really wade into that debate because we have to debate everything in cyber security. But yeah, because I've called it log for J for for years, and now all of a sudden I find out that I'm speaking saying it wrong. But I haven't seen any commonality across targets or anything like that. So it could be a new group, and it also could be a group that's not oper- operating out of Russia. That you know is because we are seeing more ransomware out of China and Iran places. And the most famous commissary is Ahmad Komassari, who was the uh, an Iranian grand diatola. So when I first saw the name, I'm like, "Is that tied to?" Th- that would be a real specific type to Iran, uh, and I'm yeah. not saying that's true. There's no other evidence of that. The most likely explanation, as you say, is because the name is in the the name in the the email address, but. It, it just feels like this doesn't feel like a Russian operation to me, but I don't have any evidence for that. Yes, we have to continue to collect evidence. So just gut
0: feeling and be very clear. My gut feelings are wrong a lot. Yeah. Just the fact that, that it wasn't pulling something from a tour network. The server was hosted in Louisiana. I didn't do a lot of I didn't dig a lot into the the stuff except for geolocates. Okay, the phone number is tied to a cell phone. It's the IP address is tied to an ISP, and they're both in Louisiana. Things of that nature. So it was really weird to see all this report come out about that. Do you is there any insight of why this business and individual may be getting targeted? No, no, not at all. There's nothing in the record. No.
1: No, uh, that email address isn't associated with any you know real high profile figure or, or anything like that. Not you know, there. There's no tie in that I've seen for why this person will
0: be targeted. Could be just
1: completely random. Not likely, but yeah, no, nothing that I've seen.
0: I've always been taught never to trust coincidences. Exactly. The,
1: you yeah, know, we learned that from Ben Kenobi back in nineteen seventy-seven. <laughs> yep. This just feels like a really nice false flag and a proof of concept to let people know what's possible out there. Yeah. And and I I think you're right. I I hate the the idea of delving into false flags because that, that always takes you down a bad rabbit hole, but at the very least, the, the proof of absolutely some sort of proof of concept or some code want to cry that got out a little too soon, something that is. Certainly an interesting thing that could be built on, and that's the part that really worries me, is uh, taking what they've done here to build this lightweight ransomware, and then what can you then do with that lightweight ransomware? That's the part that, that, that I'm really concerned about. These attacks right now seem to be few and far between. My phone would, and hopefully it stays that way, but what's going to come
0: next? Yeah, it's very interesting. But when I took that same that a hybrid analysis hadn't seen it or anything like that like, "Oh yay, I get to submit something this week. A hybrid, me and hybrid analysis was talking and going through it. And I told them how I found the sample and all that stuff. And so they're putting it in a lot of the machine learning and all the algorithms that are out there. They're starting to finally detect it. Some of them are very, definitely a little bit slower. You know, we'll post the, the hybrid analysis links there as well in the show notes. So that way everybody can go look and see if your AV vendor is currently detecting this payload or not. Yeah.
1: But, you know, again, this goes to the kind of evolution broadly that we're seeing with ransomware groups, where they're finding better ways to avoid detection. They started by doing as much as possible in memory and now EDR, you know, platforms catch well, a lot of EDR platforms were there, but a lot of people weren't monitoring what was available that's being affected in memory. So that's starting to catch up. So now going the other direction, we're going to create a file so small that it avoids detection by, by a lot of security vendors, because it's smaller than malware that we currently see. So that's, again, where we're talking about that proof of concept, that's that and scariness, that's that worries me is, this is another way for that ransomware verbs may avoid our normal detection mechanism.
0: Yeah. So to the credit of, you know, our favorite people, CrowdStrike, and even though we like to beat up Sentinel One from time to time, because we think they're a little bit, at least I think they're a little goofy, but at least when I threw this payload at both of those, both of them picked it up right away because of their machine learning. So. You know, those who are out there and maybe cross strike or sitting one fans know that you know 99% of these people didn't know about this at least the machine learning built into those two platforms worked right away and and that's the nice thing about ransomware one of the nice things is
1: there you have to do things a certain way in ransomware like you know even if you make a really small file and can void detection on a lot of things the way you call the crypto libraries the way you call the files in order to start the encryption process and so on. There are only so many different ways that you can do that. So that machine learning can pick up on on, on those files once they start getting to that activity
0: It was really so when you talk about that, it's a, it's a really good point. But this file that's there is not the traditional file, it doesn't do VSS admin, it, it doesn't do a scanning for files, a lot of the traditional things that this thing does uh, that most ransomware payloads do, this does not do at all, so it doesn't have the traditional behaviors of a ransomware payload. So, for the machine algorithm, the behavior analytics built into these these two platforms to be able to detect this thing right away by like, holy shit, block this thing, roll this thing back. Massive credit to those two companies. Absolutely, and, and
1: good on them. And they've got strong detection mechanisms in, in both of the in both the platforms, especially in the Falcon 5.4. It's good to see that those kind of things are, are being caught.
0: That's really it for me. I, again, I wanted to thank Alan for coming on here. I wanted to at least get and bring this type of information to every th- everybody. Mr. Shiva. I haven't had a chance to let you speak at all. Do you have any questions at all, sir?
1: I'm listening and learning, man. I got two of you in the room. You don't need me.
0: <laughs> well, again, thanks, Alan, for joining us. And until next time, we'll talk to you then. Good afternoon. One of those time frames. Right. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, and ghouls that are out there on the internet, if you have made it this far, thank you so much for tuning in for yet another episode of Amplified and Intensified.com. You know what? A recent change to the platform. Shiva has put together a new website, Amplified and Intensified.com. If you have heard anything that you have liked about this podcast and you want to engage Shiva or myself or be able to help sponsor by donating us some, some coffee, all the links of our calendars, buying us coffee. Past episodes of both the podcast and the YouTube version are all now on Amplified and Intensified.com. Go there for all of your needs. Thank you so much. And until next time, take care.